Hey, this is William Lee. I just uh, gathered some of the film. The, uh, this is William Lee. Just gathered some of the podcast crew together. You're about to listen to the 13th episode. And Lucky while it's 13, woo, 13, it's kind of a milestone for us. So let's uh, recognize that leading up to April 20th, which is National Canadian Film Day. 420. That's what it is. 420. And. Uh, Hey, Paul Tartaglio. How are you doing? Hey, William. Did you know uh, April 20th is National Canadian Film Day? Of course I did. What are you doing for National Canadian Film Day? Well, it happens 20? to be 420, so I'm going to smoke weed. <laughs> no, I'm not going to smoke weed. I'm way too old for weed. Uh, I'm going to watch a Canadian film. Do you know which one? Or have you ch- uh, I'm thinking I'm going to watch the Canadian film that stars uh, Jake Gyllenhaal and... Uh, Demolition? I believe that's the one I'm going to go watch. Uh, Great plan. Hey, Chris. Hi. Hi, William. It's Chris. What are you doing on National Canadian Film Day? I'm going to get a six-pack or a half-sack of Ilsnor beer, and then I'm going to follow Gordon Pinsett on Instagram. (laughs) Is he still around? Yeah, he's still alive. Of course he is. Come on, William. (laughs) That's great. Hey, Jennifer. Good to see you. Good to see you, William. What are you doing on April 20th? Did you know it's National Canadian Film Day? No, I did not know, and I will probably be working. Hey, Alexander. Uh, I'm going to try and watch a lot of Canadian movies, obviously. That's, yeah. That's mm-hmm. good. I'm going to file my taxes. They're not due until the 30th. No, but I'm going to do on the 20th, because maybe some of the, uh, I don't know, maybe some of that tax money goes to a Canadian film. So what can I, what, Dude, what Canadian film did you uh, enjoy recently? Uh, my internship in Canada. Yeah, that was a good one. Good choice. Hey, Chris. Brooklyn. It was my favorite movie of the year, not just Best Canadian Production. Good choice. That's Paul. not Canadian. It's Irish. It's an Irish Canadian. Oh, okay. Brooklyn. <laughs> you too? Me too. All right. Hey, Jennifer. Is there a recent Canadian movie you really enjoyed? Um, I'm gonna have to say my internship in Canada. Or room, but that's, I don't know if that counts for the same year, but yeah, room. Yeah. What about what, like, what Canadian movie are you hyped about right now? Uh, just say The Forbidden Room, because it's awesome. The Forbidden Room is awesome. Yeah. The Forbidden Room is awesome. Yeah, I'm glad that was made. Yeah. For sure, yeah. And is there. <laughs> Is there a Canadian actor you were excited to see recently? Suzanne Clément. She's she's in my internship in Canada as well. Uh, she's pretty badass. She's been in some Xavier Dolan stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah, she's good. I like Rachel McAdams in Spotlight, even though it's not a Canadian film. No, but um, I, well, I'm a big fan of the two Ryans, and I got to say, the Ryan, the taller of the two Ryans, was fantastic in Deadpool. And I got to say, also, or is that this year? No, I guess oh, we'll year. use the calendar year. And I loved uh, Handsome Ryan in uh, Big Short. I thought he was terrific with the hairpiece and the, the, the firecracker delivery. Well, usually I don't like little kids, but I have to say that Jacob uh, from Room uh, kind of won me over at the Oscars. I thought he was absolutely adorable. Or, I or haven't even Oscars. seen Room. I just liked his performance at the Oscars. <laughs> <laughs> and was there a recent movie that you thought 
was deserving of uh, taking advantage of the Canadian tax credit. I guess, you know, Batman vs. Superman was pretty terrible. Yeah. But it... But a good reason to write off some, um, some tax money? Yeah. All right. I'm going to go with Deadpool. I thought it was a thoroughly enjoyable uh, mess of a movie. And the fact that they were shut, shut down the Georgia Viaduct for, what, a week or something like that? I thought uh, it was well worth it. It was a very fun movie-going experience for myself. Um, I like uh, I like Jeff Nichols' movies, and uh, I think he did, spe- did some special effects or something up here for Midnight Special, so I'm glad he got a tax break. <laughs> Jennifer and Chris, Paul and Alexander, thanks for being part of the podcast. And uh, as long as you're enjoying recording it, we'll do some more. Ready? Happy, happy Canadian, 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 Happy 420. Happy <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you very much. All right, Welcome, listeners, to another episode of Filmed in Canada, a podcast about Canadian movies. I am Alexander Cairns, and I'm joined today by... William Lee. That's me. Yep. And I'm myself. Uh, Today, we're going to be talking about Denis Villeneuve's 2012, 2013 film, Enemy, starring... My man, Jake Gyllenhaal, and uh, Sarah Gadden. Uh, is anyone else in it? Uh, Melanie Laurent. Yes, it? yeah, Melanie Laurent. She's excellent. Yeah. Uh, Isabella Rossellini. Isabella Rossellini, yeah. wow. So she's been really... on one of our earlier podcasts. Yeah, I guess she's... Not that she's been on our podcast, but we talked about one of her movies. Yeah, before. she was in the saddest music in the world, so I guess she's been doing some Canadian movies. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Um, of the of like the sort of main and supporting cast, uh, I thought the other um, somewhat notable Canadian um, presence in it is uh, Tim Post, who plays the concierge. Okay. Yeah, but he he appears in a lot of uh, TV shows that are filmed in Canada. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, Jake Gyllenhaal was the bellboy. Anyway, so. Um, Enemy 2013 movie, uh, same year that Mr. Villeneuve uh, directed and released Prisoners, which was an American production, but uh, he sort of sneakily went off to Toronto and and shot this movie with a small cast, small budget, uh, financed by Telefilm and other avenues, and... um, very different movie to Prisoners, which uh, which people are probably more generally aware of. But it's essentially a story of a college professor who, or I guess university, we call it university up here, university professor who um, rents a movie at a video store, discovers that there is someone who is strikingly similar to himself in the background of one of these movies, and starts to do some digging and discovers that he may in fact have a doppelganger. For the uninitiated in our audience, a doppelganger is a person who is identical to yourself. Alexander, do you mean like a twin? Yeah, but like a twin, like a brother from another mother, right? Like a twin that exists outside of time. 
<laughs> you a, twi- mean like, a twin that shouldn't exist. Like a person who exists. You mean like a clone? No. No. Okay. It's more of like an existential thing. You mean like when someone says, uh, hey, I thought I saw you at the Safeway, but you weren't at the Safeway? Well, but that could just be someone mistaking someone else for you. But this is an instance where the person is literally identical, but not a twin. Is it? Is it like when, like when my friends... Um, <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna make a joke, but I have to. Yeah, go for like, it, I gotta work it out in my head. <laughs> if if uh, there's any, if there's any place to work out yeah. jokes that are not yet fully formed, <laughs> it's a podcast. <laughs> so let's just let's work it out, man. Let's figure it give out. Me of, <laughs> give me the name. Give me the name. Give me the name of like a Chinese actor that you've heard of. Uh, uh, Jackie Chan. <laughs> An American Chinese, an American Chinese actor. Um, who's the guy in like um, the Bruce Lee story or something like that? Um, That's Brandon Lee. Not Brandon Lee. He <laughs> wouldn't be in his father's movie. So yeah, no. dude. No, no. It was it was another guy. They made a movie about Bruce Lee that starred Brandon Lee. No, they didn't. Yes, they did. I've <laughs> seen it. Okay, you mean like when you say doppelganger? You mean like <laughs> you're not going to edit this, dude? <laughs> Come <not>? on. <laughs> Let's just leave it in. We're having uh, fun. Um, see, to, this is this is good though. At least we're 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 you know we're we're aiming for the for the bleachers, right? We're we're telling jokes. We're we're having fun. This is what podcasts are all about. That's that's what I said like a month ago. It's like, dude, we need more jokes, and now it's finally half yeah. coming to fruition. Yeah, that yeah, we went far with that. Yeah, I'm having fun. So yeah, so he finds this video. Discovers he may or may not have a doppelganger, and uh, from there, you know, the movie sort of happens. So, um, I would say, just in general terms, it's definitely worth checking out. It's uh, it's a good time at the movies. If you can see it in the theater, that'd be great. The chances of that are slim right now. Yeah. Because all theaters burned down in Canada last week. Um, I didn't see that in the news. <laughs> I got I got some notes about um, the author of the book. If you're interested in that, I didn't know it was a book. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. So it's based on a book by the title of The Double, um, by Jose Jose Saramago, um, who uh, who died in 2010. Um, he's a Portuguese writer, and he won the Nobel Prize in Literature in 1998. He also wrote the novel Blindness which was made into a film in 2008 with Mark Ruffalo and Julianne Moore. I feel like that was made in Canada. Might have some Canadian component. I think it had a co-production um, yeah. component to it. It was, it was directed by a, a Spanish or Brazilian director. Yeah, um, I think it yeah. might have been the guy that did City of God. I uh, don't know for sure. Let's get a fact checker on that. Uh, pronto. Anyway, the double, um, the book, the double, was uh, published in two thousand two, and so this is an adaptation uh, written by um, Javier Goulon. Yeah, it's the guy who did City of God. Oh, okay. And the Constant Gardener. All right. Fernando. I didn't see it. Marias. I did not see that. Um, Do you have any insights into the novel? Into the novel, based on my Wikipedia search. You haven't read the novel or anything. I've not. No. No. just glancing at the um, some of the some of the uh, summary that I've seen on the internet, um, it, it the movie uh, and the and the book pretty much follow the same structure. 
on yeah. the same path. There's, um, from what I could tell, there is one key deviation where, um, where the character, uh, Adam, when he confronts, um, the person that he thinks is his double, um, they have an exchange where they, um, where, where one challenges the other about his body and do you have this scar and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, in the movie, it's kind of truncated at that point where, because Adam doesn't really want to engage with this. He's too freaked out. Right. But it, it sounds like in the book that it actually is spelled out explicitly, like what is it about them that is similar physically and, okay. and whether they're, whether they have the same mother or, or, or birth date. That's sort of explored in the novel. Okay. So, yeah. uh, but I haven't yeah, read Yeah, so this, it, so. I mean, this movie, it's more, it's, it's a very sort of, abstract experience i would say like it doesn't really it's not focused on really trying to answer questions as much as it is trying to pose questions i i would say and what's the, what's the question that you think um i don't know that's something that i'm sort of confused by just because like with these types of movies where you're sort of presented with images that you can't really make sense of at least immediately and and they're and they're more sort of thematic or um metaphorical in nature than they are um deliberate or um precise i i don't i don't know. I, i'm not i'm not sure the 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 words that i'm trying to use to describe it but it's not clear what the movie wants to address right but it it makes you think about things um about identity i think yeah yeah um and masculinity i would say yeah that's right yeah yeah it's definitely I'd, I'd say that's the main thing that sticks out to me is is this exploration of the masculine ideal i guess to a certain extent which is it's an interesting concept at least the way that it's expressed in the movie because the the guy the the version the one version of this character is in he's 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 this professor he's sort of um he's not very dominant he he just kind of he's just going through his life he doesn't really um take control of of his actions or anything like that and then he meets this other this this other character who's an actor in in i guess it's not specified whether it's what 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 system he's if he's in Hollywood or or just within Canada or whatever, but it it does seem like they're implying that that it's taking place in Toronto. It seems like, um, but that this guy, I mean, he rides a motorcycle and he wears a leather jacket and um, you know he's he's got a pregnant wife and you know like he's he's sort of represents this this concept of masculinity that that certain people might aspire to. Um, but it's an interesting juxtaposition because usually that type of character is portrayed as like a lawyer or a businessman or like something more, or even if he was an actor, like a, an A-list, like Leonardo DiCaprio type actor. Whereas this is a guy who's basically a, a glorified extra. Like none of the parts that he has in these movies that that where he tracks down these DVDs and tries to find him in the backgrounds or whatever he's just like he's the bellboy, <laughs> like so it, it I just I, that that was an interesting kind of juxtaposition that I found. That's a good point. I think um, that neither of them are clearly happy or successful in what they're doing, yeah. but it is such a different. Uh, like one character from the other, uh, one of 
one of the Jake Gyllenhaal characters from the other. They, I think, from the other from the other side, it seems like they're um, somewhat successful in what they're doing, right? But it doesn't seem like they're um, that that they're that they're fully uh, realized what they want to do. Yeah, yeah. But it, I guess it certainly it definitely seems like the actor character is more confident in in mm-hmm. his expression of himself, whereas the the professor character is more sort of he's attempting to become something else and um, that sort of reaches its logical conclusion by the end of the movie which uh, maybe we can get to in in more detail if we uh, get into some spoilers later yeah in our discussion I would like to talk about those things a little later yeah Mm -hmm. Um, can I offer to you what um, what I think the movie is about and why I react to it a certain way. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I, I can't refuse you that. I mean, that's why we're here. Okay. Well, let, let me tell you. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah. Um, and I don't think it's like it's. I don't think it's very. I don't think it's like a unique way to interpret the movie or anything. I think it's it's pretty much uh, at least for me. It seems like this is this is clearly what it wants to do. Um, but the idea of identity is, and choices. Um, this the idea of like this character, who has made a series of decisions in his life and he is he's arrived at where he's at and i think it's about um about thinking about what if i had made other decisions what if i wanted to be something else is that is that have you completely closed off to me is that something i'm not able to do or is it just a matter of i if i had decided something different at a certain point um that um i think i think we often give a lot of um like if we if we are in a self-reflective mode and thinking about where we are um there might be a temptation to say it's because of circumstance um because uh, this uh because a group in this type of community or i was given these chances that's where i've arrived um or do you say i've arrived because i made certain choices at certain points in my life Right. Um, I th- I think those are some of the themes that the that the story um, wrestles with, um, and I feel that it's a very it's a very internal struggle. So when it's expressed as an external struggle, when it's expressed as um, a character, as a protagonist versus an antagonist, and um, and the resolution is which one will survive. Um, I understand it as uh, as an, an an analogy about how you make choices. Um, you have to you have to go this way or you have to go that way. You have to order this meal or do this other thing, right? Um, that they can't coexist, I guess, is uh, I always find it limiting and simplistic to say that they can't coexist. It's like sorry, it, that what can't coexist? The two choices. What are the choices? Because I don't know. Just you're you're speaking in these kind of abstract terms. I'm not really grasping what you're saying. Okay. So two choices. Two choices. Do you want to be the college professor or do you want to be the Hollywood actor? Yeah. Right. But you can't have both. So um, so we pit these two. We pit the two choices, which are manifest as the characters Adam and Anthony. Right. Which one will survive? Um, that I find simplistic to say. If if we're seeing it as an internal struggle, I find that simplistic. Okay. To just present it as, will character A or character B survive? 
right? Um, and um, so, so for me, it kind of um, well, I've really enjoyed it as a mystery and a thriller, and I like the look of the movie, which I like to talk about a little bit too yeah. later on. Um, while I, I find it very, I found it very satisfying the watching the movie, that experience. Um, the ideas, I guess, they feel a little bit. Um, they, they feel a bit shallow to me because yeah. it's just it isn't about how do you how do you um, how do you mediate between the things that you want and and get the and get the ideal that you want um, that is um, that is um, the best of both worlds. It is you can either have this or you can have that. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I would I would agree with that in general terms. And I think the like throughout the movie there are these sort of dream sequence type images where you know a woman a naked woman is walking upside down on the ceiling and he's walking toward her or whatever and there's just kind of these weird images there's a lot there's a lot of spider imagery throughout um <laughs> that's why i go with spiders <laughs> gross Ooh. Uh, why did it have to be spiders i hate spiders is that indiana jones yeah, so with a variation, my own twist. Snakes. Yeah. Okay. Let's get these motherfucking snakes off this mother. These motherfucking spiders off this motherfucking tugboat. I feel that way too. Um, and when I see spiders, I say, "Any spider, we're gonna need a bigger swatter." Okay. Jaws. Jaws. There we go. All right. Let's keep moving. Let's um, keep that train going. So. Yeah, I feel like I feel like all of that imagery unless it's unless it's very deliberately trying to send some sort of subconscious message or whatever that it and I don't I don't know I I I haven't come down on whether or not I think that that all of that imagery is um effective or or has a, a pointed message to it um but in a certain sense, you could you could you could suggest that like using these abstractions help to hide the fact that it is this very simplistic story, and that it's just will one survive and and that's it. And like, what is the motivation in including these spiders, and why? How does how does it relate to the struggle, the internal struggle that's expressed externally? Um, you don't think it's just he's afraid of spiders? Is that it? Because I, I see the spider as as um, an expression of femininity, whereas that the two men are sort of fighting against each other, and that's the sort of more masculine aspect of the movie. But um, I see the spiders as like this this threat, and um, to me, it seems kind of like an externalization of their fear of of women and, and their inability to, um, to, to interact with the women in their lives. Hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, because like I, one I of them, one that. of them was like a black widow spider. And so I just see that as a, because the, like the female black widow as I, I don't know shit about, I don't know. I, I'm not a scientist, but, um, they kill like the females kill the male. I don't know. The, is that right? they eat the males or is that praying mantises or whatever but like for whatever reason i associate spiders with i i think that all spiders are female oh okay. just like how 
like my dad says that all like he always mixes up the genders of dogs right like i think it's easy to attach a gender to a species and for me spiders are female hmm. especially because the spiders show up in like the the sort of strip club scene or whatever that like that sex club thing that they go to the spiders show up there the spider replaces a major female character at the end of the movie so it seems like an, it's it's kind of an externalization of of uh of the female characters hmm that's interesting i hadn't really thought of it that way um i think it's one i think it's one character that has those visions yeah yeah so uh i would have to I, although actually not necessarily because there is that sequence in the elevator where the like the bellman or whatever or the security person in the condo he makes to, do you want to do you want to go to this thing yeah. again, suggesting that the actor character had been to that place where there was a spider, yeah. where there may have been a spider, it could have been a hallucination. Right. The spiders are certainly something that they're trying to uh, control or or suppress. Yeah, and I think they have. Um, by the end of the movie, I think it's uh, it's revealed that they they can't simply lock it in a room they have to they have to deal with it and whatever it, it is i'm not really sure yeah yeah hmm. yeah i have no insight on the spider though it's it's an interesting image yeah yeah, yeah. um I, I would have some more thoughts on that but maybe we should Are we uh let we do have to travel into spoilers to to really get into that okay more, sure know? can we just talk about the look of the film then before yeah. we do that why not you tell me all right. So the cinematographer is Nicholas Bulldock, who uh, is from Montreal. So good, good Canadian representation in this movie. Sure. Yeah. Um, the look of the movie. It's shot through um, this uh, colored filter. I'm not sure if it's shot through it or if it's in post production, but it, I mean, the result is this kind of piss yellow, yellow yeah. um, coloring over uh, over everything. And I've I've never seen Toronto presented that way. Um, and I had to, uh, I had to consciously remind myself that this was Toronto. Yeah. Um, cause it, it could have, really yeah, it felt just like oppressively smoggy. It felt yeah. like there was an, there was like a physical, um, like a thick atmosphere over everything. Yeah. It felt, um, and it felt hot yeah. because of, um, that color. I think it, it kind of evokes that feeling. Yeah. Um, and because the streets were mostly empty, um, I just, I really enjoyed that it felt really um, lonely and um, uninviting and uh, uncomfortable. Yeah, it's kind of like um, like how Canadian cities are usually portraying American cities. But yeah, it's I I, I enjoy it as well when they're just representing sort of and the idea of a city and just what what does it mean to live in an urban environment and, and the isolation that you feel and going up into a, a high-rise building and, you know, going to the video rental store and like those sorts of, those sorts of things that you just kind of go through your routine. And, um, it can almost feel like the streets are empty, even though they're not. Um, yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely a, a unique way to use the city that makes it feel like something else, but not like Chicago or New York whatever. Mm -hmm. I almost thought, um, because the streets were empty, um, I was almost thinking like these are, he's like exploring 
gated communities or something, um, yeah. or it was. Um, it certainly felt like the the actor character. Do you, do you know? Is it, is it Adam and Adam is the professor. Anthony yeah. is the actor. Anthony. Yeah. So it definitely felt like Anthony's apartment complex was was gated to some degree, or mm-hmm. kind of had more security around it. And it had this weird shape where it seemed yeah. like um, uh, like you would be watched because uh, you. People shouldn't be there unless they're unless they have a purpose, right? Yeah. Except except then there was also no security walking around to harass him or anything. It was just it just felt like he's he shouldn't be here. It's right. uninviting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it feels like Cronenberg uh, does that quite well in his movies too, where like Videodrome doesn't feel like. I mean, I guess to a certain extent it's supposed to be in some kind of future, maybe. But yeah, it feels like a lot of his movies take place in a near future or his movies from the eighties take place in some near future, but you don't have a strong grasp of what the location is mm-hmm. he sort of uses Toronto to create a new environment. So I just want to say that about the, the look of it. I, I really enjoyed as well. Yeah. Uh, Should you want to get into some spoilers? I think we have to at this point. Yeah. Um, yeah. You think that you think that the spiders, um, you have a, you have a, you have like a more, more specific reading of the spiders. Yeah. So I guess I guess to, sort of, establish the entire sort of spoiler component of the movie, the ending, where the um, Anthony takes the Melanie Laurent character out in his car, and they get into a car accident, and they die, and then the that is uh, the actor version of the character yeah says he wants to spend the weekend with the professor's wife professor's girlfriend or yeah okay. yeah yeah and then they get in the car accident yeah. so that leaves the professor back at the, the actor's apartment with the actor's wife yeah sarah gadden don't know what her name was but helen helen um so now adam is at helen's apartment Helen and Anthony's apartment, and he's basically just decided, like, I'm going to be Anthony now. And I get the sense that Helen knows that he's Adam and not Anthony. Uh, I think that's pretty clear. I agree. I, yeah. That was what I took from that, too. Yeah. And um, she goes into the bedroom. He sort of calls after her. She doesn't respond, and then... When he goes into the bedroom, she's not there, and there's a massive spider, and it like kind of takes like an attack position against him, and then like that's the movie. Um, and so yeah, like that specific image of the woman being replaced by the spider, to me, just feels like, regardless of what the, what sort of transformation Adam wants to go through. In terms of like, if he wants to become an actor, I don't. Again, I don't really see that as a very solid understanding because he's aspiring to be this C-list background actor. Um, but yeah, it seems it seems like there's there's that element of of wanting to become something else, but then there's also this other element of. Um, or or masculinity feeling threatened by the feminine forces in their in their lives and and um, sort of not knowing how to coexist. So, in these dream sequences, he wanted 
he wanted to see the spider killed in these dream sequences, yeah. right? But now he's he has to face the spider. Yeah. Um, is it is it like this? Um, is it about this, this this thing that he desired, but he also feared? Like, yeah. Is it the kind of woman that he would rather be with? But now that he has that kind of woman, he's suddenly afraid. It's now a threat to him. Is, yeah. Do you think that's what it is? Yeah, and I think as well the um, what am I trying to say the the women, the non-sexual interactions between the male characters and the female characters, they're they're always very antagonistic. Like they're mm-hmm. they're arguing over something, or um, well, yeah, I guess basically just comes down to the fact that they're ar- they're always arguing about something, whether it's their their relationship or like the organic blueberries that they want or whatever. They're they're never sort of. They're never just sort of natural in their environments and content with each other. They're they're um, they're always at at odds with each other, and so I, I think it, I think it's trying to express or or at least explore some ideas around the 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 thought that you know so ma- that that relationships can just be utilitarian in in their their need to you know, service our sexual desires and, and procreate, but that ultimately, ultimately these people have, have, they're challenged to actually coexist with each other and, and understand each other. Hmm. And you think that the, the film wants to, the film challenges that character to coexist with this, with this female, um, personality that he, that he's afraid of, right? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know that. I don't know how it succeeds in really challenging him, but it just it expresses the fear okay. at least. Yeah, but but it's interesting that the movie um, wants to resolve what I feel is like his identity crisis. Right, it resolves that by saying one of them will die. Yeah, but when it when it comes to resolving his relationship with uh, with a woman, it is it is this thing that um, at. at by the look on his face, it was, it's kind of, I wasn't expecting I have to do that now, yeah. but okay, I have to do that now. It's like, you have to face this, but, um, but his internal struggle seems to be one of like one side of one side of that equation can be eliminated. This other one has to be faced. Right. And, it, or, and it's kind of like becoming someone else will not help you solve your problems, your, your, your legitimate problems. Like you, sure, sure. On the surface, you want to become this other person. You want to have some other occupation. You want to ride a motorcycle instead of drive a car, but your real problem is with forming intimate relationships and, and like that needs to be confronted regardless oh, of, okay. regardless of what environment you're existing in. Oh, it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I buy that. Cool. Yeah. Um, you say you wanted to mention that, that, that the two women are sort of similar. Do you think that they're similar? Um, uh, one is pregnant, one is not. Yeah. But uh, but in terms of um, both have the same hair color. Yeah, like they're they're the same. They look general, like the same, same type of woman. Body type. Yeah. 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 Um, so I think it it speaks to um, it speaks to like that character, um, his identity being one, right? Even though they're they're leading two different types of lifestyles um, that their um, attraction toward a certain um, type of, of woman is, is uh, similar. Yeah. yeah. I didn't really have anything more to say than that about, right. that, about that element. Yeah. 
yeah, I think that's uh, that's really all I had to contribute. I think that I think I had said what I need to say about it too. Yeah, right on. I think maybe at some point, uh, since you haven't seen Prisoners yet, maybe we could, you know, maybe once Mr. Vilnov has another American movie, we could kind of do a discussion of all of those in brief, something like that. I don't think we do any movie conversations in brief. Yeah. But like, in, like include all, all, all of his American productions as one discussion and get that out of the way, if that's something that we're interested in. I'd be open to it if you can make a case for it. Yeah. And if we can make time to watch them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Leafs out of 37. Okay. Oh, me first? Yeah. Okay. Um, out of 37. Uh, you could just do out of 10 and then multiply by four roughly. But it's that not, makes it easier. It gets close, but it's not quite. It doesn't quite break down that way. Um, all right. From me, I, uh, I award it uh, 31 Leafs. 31? Yeah. Right on. Um, yeah, that sounds good to me. It's a 31 Leafer. Wait a minute. Both of us. That's what I said. Do you have this scar on your stomach on the... Someone's knocking at the door. Oh, no. Okay, we better go. I don't have a scar. What do we do? <laughs> we need a bigger swatter. Uh, okay. Uh, pod, podcast website, filmedincanada.net. Email filmedincanada at gmail.com. Leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, I'm on Twitter, married to a fly, and uh, we have to go now. Thanks.